Hello and welcome to Geeks Camp, the home of RPG jargon and general tomfoolery. Today we are coming to you with yet another of our creator interviews as a part of our Feast of Zines celebration. I'm your host, John, Dwarven DM. I'm followed by my, or joined, excuse me, by my fellow co-hosts, uh, the illustrious, the blustrious, Troy Sandlin. Welcome, Troy. How are we doing, everybody? Hello and welcome. Uh, and today we're joined by, or this time around, we're actually joined by another one of our zine creators, uh, 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 Lewis. Welcome, welcome. Thanks Hello. for uh, thanks for joining us. We've been we've been excited about this one and getting you on here, and I can, we can tell that you are too. So that's yeah, always that's a good definitely. combination. Definitely. It's like peanut butter definitely. and jelly. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, <laughs> Zach has not yet landed yet, so he's <laughs> nope. still he's still riding high on the airways. Is that unfortunate? Yeah. I think that's fortunate, right? That we get to <laughs> unfortunate like, for him. The mice are playing right now. Yeah, it is unfortunate for him. We're trying our best to roast Zach at every possible turn yes. today. Oh. I'm sure that people out there are really confused as to who this poor bastard Zach is and why <laughs> we are just we're just lighting him up at every opportunity. But uh, that's why not why we're here. We're here to talk to Lewis. Lewis, um, right. we uh, we got a, an opportunity to connect uh, as a result of the Fe- the February Zine Month. And uh, we kind of put out a, 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 an open call to any of the creators that were going to produce something or were, had things that were uh, in the can or planned or whatever, right? So uh, we're really excited to get you on. And we wanted to talk to you a little bit about, uh, first of all, uh, give us the elevator pitch for who Lewis is and what you do, if you don't mind. Like awesome. who, who you work with or you if, you if you're independent or if you work with others. So I work for dcs dead channel studios which is my own studio i'm the lead designer and um creator of it uh i've been doing this for about over a year probably coming close coming up to two years hopefully at some point this year um and we have been developing exciting and interesting content for 5e D, mainly because obviously as a sort of gateway into the industry um it's a really good way to help build the studio and you know do things without having to do the full legwork of a game, which we would love to do. Um, mm-hmm. I've also worked in the industry myself uh, as an IP line manager and a game designer for a uh, studio, um, working on some really, really cool titles. Uh, and just, yeah, you know, I sort of got to a point where I left and I wanted to do my own thing, express my own creative ideas. And that's where I kind of started off with the Curse King series, which was the first project we did. And obviously, because it's all self-funded, it started off very slow, but... Um, now we've got stuff like Caravans, which is this whole module, like essentially a new game mode to throw onto your uh, your D and D experience. Um, and now moving forward, we'll be looking to do like you know some other really cool stuff. That's awesome. Nice. So, right. so a year. What uh, what made you decide to take the leap? Um, well, it was during lockdown, and I was just mm. dead bored. And uh, <laughs> so that's yeah, really familiar, doesn't it, Troy? It, it sure does. <laughs> So we, share, we share your we share your uh, your your leaping then. If that's yeah. Nice. Well, oddly enough, when we started, the first project we did was a an idea called monstrous antagonism, um, mm. and that failed miraculously. That's why you don't see any PDFs of it. Um, <laughs> but it was interesting to learn the Kickstarter sort of format and how that's done and how that kind of you know the way to go about doing it. Um, and then we sort of did uh, the Curse King, which was. A fun experience that I kind of came up with after doing uh, a very entertaining run of Ghost of Tsushima and kind of being inspired by that culture. And that sort of started off how mm. 
I wanted to go forward with doing work. I wanted to be inspired by other things and, and sort of try and experience something a little bit different. And so that was a five part series that did really well. Um, and then we kind of just, like I said, went on from there and did some, uh, some really cool and interesting stuff. So what did you come out of whenever you, what was your kind of your introduction or your, your gateway drug, so to speak for, for tabletop RPGs? Was it D and D or was it, it something was D&D. else? D&D fourth edition, which fourth? Oh my, a wow. lot of people are very, yeah. fourth edition? Hallelujah. Um, it was very fourth edition. I can see why people don't like it. I love 5e. Um, hmm. I definitely, I actually sort of took a step away from the tabletop kind of, I still play board games and stuff. Love board games. So they're like a passion. I've got a, humongous collection as i can see you guys do too mm-hmm. um love it but uh i took a break from it and came back to it and obviously 5e was there and i kind of just naturally went into it and i was just like this is just so much easier and mm-hmm. surprisingly instead of going into being a player where i'd been doing writing for a little while i kind of just went straight to being uh, a gm and since then I've, I've been a gm and it's been quite interesting and it's 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 a challenge. It's a lot of dedication, but it's also what it's also what has fueled me to sort of create what I create now. Um, and yeah, now I play that and forty k and Age of Sigmar. Hopefully, at some point. Uh, there you go. Oh, Age of Sigmar. So, yes. Yeah. Right I have an abundance uh, of stuff to play. 40, now. I so you're show like forty k as in the like not the RPG but the actual tabletop minis game, right? Yeah, I, I I've always been quite creative. There is a distinction. I just want to make sure I knew. Oh wow! Look at that. Right on, man. Um, Are you paint all your own figs, I'm assuming, right? Yes. Heck yeah. Yes. some poser that's well, going to... I'm currently uh, working on a squad of uh, Bladeguard veterans. So, so is, let me ask you this then, because cool. uh, we don't really get it. Like, I haven't, I can't recall like a ton of Warhammer 40K guys that have been on, or at least have openly expressed their love for it. I love it. Yeah, I love Lewis, it. Do you or do you not love Henry Cavill? Uh, do you know what? I've started to adore him more and more since I learned about his um his burning passion for 40K. His, oh, his unabashed, open passion for Warhammer 40K and all things. All things geek. nerd. Well, I can't. Yeah, but the thing I love as well is like the fa- the first moment I realized he liked it was the one where he's sitting in an interview for like The Witcher, and he's like, "Sorry, can I can I just take a moment?" It's yes. Like, that if, do you know 40K? And he's like, "That looks like the the thing yeah. from the thing," and I was just like. This man, I love like, it. Uh, or I've seen them whenever he's had been in interviews with his co-stars, and the guy that's yeah. I can't remember the, the guy Yaskir. that's the bard, Yaskir, yeah, he, yeah, he's yeah, like Yaskir, you know, he plays. play and stuff, yeah. And the, the, everybody else on the on the panel is just kind of like they get glassy eyed. Yeah. it's it's really funny asleep. because that was the Graham Norton show, I think, if I'm right. That, it was. You're right. Uh, with, no, no, it? Tom Holland. No, Tom. Tom there was yeah, one. There was a different Tom one. Holland, yeah. yeah. Where he's talking to Tom Holland stuff, and Graham Norton points it out because obviously he'd point he'd said it a few times. And Graham Norton is I personally don't like him because he tends to kind of he he likes to try to make fun of people and that's just like but he does it in kind of a way that doesn't seem like he's being a bit uh, right, like, like a wink that. yeah 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 um and he kind of i mean when he first starts doing it he's doing that to take the mick out of henry cavill and then you see like tom holland genuinely being like you know i'd love to play this with you and be and yes. sort of like to take an interest and i'm like yeah. all right yeah keep great you can go suck one um but it's if you've great. never watched it before there's a there's a youtube series called charisma on demand <laughs> mm-hmm and there, there's an episode that they did on the things that you're in love with if people think that they're stupid or if you're worried that they are to not – there's like there's like a, a happy medium. Uh, they use that as an example. Mm. It's like when, when he started being picking at Henry Cavill about it, Cavill's like, no, no, no. It's, it's great. 
Like he's yeah. like he's t- he's like taking the win- taking the uh, taking the heat off of himself by like no no it's actually really great and it's a lot of fun and he doesn't mm. he doesn't deprecate himself yeah. to placate the the person that is trying to right. diminish how much he he loves his well my partner is really great in that sense because she um we actually she kind of like obviously knew what I was doing and she super supported what I do and she was like I want to play d and I want to try and learn mm. so we got kind of the starter set and did like a solo adventure with just her and she had kind of an NPC that was part of a party and she did really well and like that's awesome. you know it's a lot of information process and I understand that but she's very much like you know she's just giving it a go she's been one of the play for ages and I just haven't I've been a bad GM I haven't organized <laughs> the time but it's it's hard especially with COVID it's hard to organize physical games um, yeah. and then being an absolute dear she is she i'll show you a couple of these i was getting my age of sigma stuff and um did a couple little color schemes for stuff but she actually went ahead and i'm so proud of her for these she started Ooh. painting her own little ones and she did some really oh, funky awesome. yeah. colors and stuff and you know what she did a fantastic job and uh it's a couple nice of the to games have... together stays together i'm telling you my That's wife right. my wife my wife will not play in anybody else's game but mine and maybe like one or two other people that she really knows but but my wife will play the crap out of some D and D. She loves it, yeah. and it's not you would have I would have never guessed. She's just not like that. Doesn't, doesn't strike me as having that personality. But much like yourself, you know, mm. just like just patient. It's like I don't. This is something that's obviously you're really passionate about. Mm. I, I mean, if you want me to play, I'll I'll play sometime, and then just kind of went from there. So I think I really partially good. have taken such a break from it because I streaming with. Uh, Kayla, who's a friend of mine, Time Lord's mm-hmm. wife on Twitch, she is, um, and she's absolutely wonderful. And we were doing that to kind of promote stuff. And I was just every single week I was playing. So not only was I organizing a game, but I was doing it for like a live audience. And we had like a really good concurrent following. Mm-hmm. And it was just so much. And I think I did that for like such a long period of time that I was like, mm-hmm. I need like a big old break. Um, but you know, I did credit to GMs that have been doing it for years and years. That's awesome. So you came out. So once you you went you went all in in fifth edition. Mm. Um, it's it's interesting that's only since fourth edition. And it's, I love to hear from creators how they didn't even have to be in it for very long before they were already making something yeah. that they felt that other people wanted to see and read and do. And so some of the ones you gave us some of these like uh, between you and Time War and a, and a couple of other folks that you'd work with some of these other products that you'd worked on in the past. So before we kind of get into, um, I know there's a Kickstarter campaign that's coming up, and I, I want to park on that for a second. But uh, like, tell me a little bit about some of these other ones. I know one of the ones that we're looking at uh, right now. I'm going to click over really fast. Is the GM's toolkit for random encounters? So tell us a little bit about what this is and what so, the, kind of the, the the motivation was to to put it together. So this was really inspired by the burnout that I was experiencing from you know constantly developing and making and, and sort of getting these games ready because it got to a point where we were doing stuff from the court like we kind of te- play testing the adventure for curse king and it got to a point where i was like okay right now we're going off the rails and now we're doing things and things are getting too hard and they get too easy so this was an inspiration this is literally the the idea of this isn't so much the book itself like you can get the book and, and it's an awesome kit and the idea is you can mix all these different encounters to basically sort of help you know, control your encounters and make sure that you're always prepared. Like if your party decides to randomly go off and do something, you're ready. You know, if they go to the 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 lava swamp sand biome, you know, these give you inspirations for certain creatures. And some people that want to do these kind of things, 
they're not going to be you know massively experienced so this is designed for mm -hmm. experienced and new gms so that you know they always have that ace up their sleeve to be ready for encounters but the format itself is is pretty much that's how i work when i'm writing adventures and making stuff that's the format i use i think about what's my scenario where am i and what am i fighting and that's all i need Mm -hmm. uh, like I'm looking at some of the we're all looking at some of this together so misadventures right oh, so, so this is at, great so this yeah, was a this stretch is... goal um, and basically it was just 100 different story hooks to start off your adventure which um, I, uh, if nothing else a great seed if uh, yes. if you're in between adventures or uh, and you're it's you got like two seconds to put together something for a game night there's enough here that creates a mystery for the the GM to solve on the fly and the players to kind of help fill in the gaps with a lot yeah, of the questions. Definitely. Definitely. Asking. It's just this entire, this book, you should be able to run entire campaigns on it. You should be mm -hmm. um, because you have so many different biomes you can go to. The story hooks are really great. And as long as you follow the rule of yes, and mm -hmm. like, you know, yes. your players should naturally create that story and, you know, sort of flourish from there. So as you can see with the format, we, we, we spent so long, like, fixing little things here because i do so much of the work myself i do i worked actually with time more on this one who's a fantastic writer and editor but i design the maps i do the layout i do a lot of the writing i do some of the editing like i take on so much of the work myself and this project took a good few months to do like the amount of work in this was insane but we wanted to make it easy clear to read and simple um so as you can see with these there's different level encounters so for each one map you have three scenarios and for each map as well you then get three different encounters so That's you could cool. take map a take scenario b and encounter c from any of the maps and as long as you rework it and rewrite it to however you need it like you know you've got hundreds literally hundreds of different combinations of encounters oh it's yeah. great yeah we were talking to uh patrick and zach in in a previous recording in an interview and i, I kind of i'll re-express my love for um for for accessories to D and D, or for it really for any system mm. that uh, that helps me run the game better with something else that I may like. I maybe yeah. have like a a, a hardcover ver, uh, book that's written by Watsy, but I want it to feel more like this. Mm. And instead of me having to do all of it from the ground up, there's there are resources like this where I can just I can I can staple them to it in order to get yeah, the same well, feel that I want without having to do all the lift by, by myself. Well, yeah. The really cool thing is obviously we actually have physical pro uh, copies from that one, which is mm -hmm. awesome. It's obviously it's limited edition, standard edition, um, which I've shown you guys nice. beforehand. Uh, the artwork on this one is awesome because it's done by an artist called Kim Holm, who I actually found through TikTok. And he does a lot of these really cool ink monsters, and he has cool. um, basically a free you know free like he the arts all free you can use it as much as you want honestly i recommend mm -hmm. anyone that's trying to start up or create things to go look um just as long as you credit which oh, i did yeah. and you know i mm -hmm. kind of create this really nice composition of his artwork um and then yeah it just honestly it looks great and we designed it as well with the idea that say for instance you don't have like say the pdf version or you know you want to print some stuff off you know you you're sort of running low tech we designed the book so that if you were to photocopy this, for instance, you're not mm -hmm. going to lose any of the map because we want to create oh, that nice. spread between it. So, yeah. you know, it's just little things take into account because you get new school, new school gamers, old school gamers. Some people are more advantaged, some people are more disadvantaged, and I just kind of want to make sure that everyone feels supported at least. That's ingenious. Yeah. I, I would never have thought about doing that. That's really cool. Yeah, I like that too. Like how many times have I tried – Like, I don't do it as much now because one of the great things about the digital age is that – 
uh, even Watsy will a lot of times they'll have like the, like the player's handbook or like the player's handbook, the uh, player's character sheet. Mm. Like who goes to wherever and actually Xerox copies yeah. uh, yeah. the, the, the character sheet out of the back of the player's handbook? And if they did, I'm sorry, because that's yeah. almost yeah. impossible. Because of the, the amount of times printed. I did that, like when I first started, especially with fourth edition. Um, yeah. Yeah, that was fun. <laughs> so that's really great. That you, I, I'm with Troy. I like that. Troy, I, I, what am I missing here? I want to make sure that I, that uh, uh, we, we we catch everything. No, I I, I dig the idea of the, of the different uh, encounters. I love those seeds of the the misadventures. Oh, definitely read those. They're great. <laughs> yeah, just just reading a couple of those. I feel like, like you said, you you could run just with that book entire campaigns, but even one of those seeds can create. A whole just adventure in that campaign yeah if you i mean if you just want to make side quests and stuff it's perfect for that mm-hmm. yeah exactly. and, and and how often does a dm need that because you know you know spoiler alert your player <laughs> your players never do what you expect them to do no <laughs> yours and, don't oh man well you know <laughs> and if you don't have something in your pocket to you know put in their way you're going to be struggling and this kind of a product is perfect for that you you need something mm-hmm. like that to to th- to throw down in front. even like you, I, like like you say you could say having a gm's idea. toolkit handy is always uh, a good idea right almost yeah <laughs> if if only there was something called a, a gm's toolkit if out there only if only but yeah it's perfect it, it definitely does what it says it does it gives yeah, you that it was funny obviously because we, uh, we came up with the idea and i was trying to think something and obviously i realized that obviously when you come in with a name like for instance with a new kickstarter zealots of anguish it's a very unique combination of words yes. um and like obviously for like if you're searching stuff online gm's toolkit is quite a commonly used stuff but as i was doing research there was never really anything that genuinely was a random encounter toolkit like mm-hmm. nine times out of ten it was just you know ah, oh, here's some tips and stuff to do i wanted something that physically showed me like give me a map give me an account like even the mm-hmm. maps when you read them they have like details for difficult terrain falling so you don't then have to work out all that stuff so nice. all the work is done for you which is great so i love like that, that one love that project well before we get to the kickstarter let me let me i'm gonna we'll look at take a look at one more and uh mm-hmm. and the reason why i want to look at this one specifically is because it's gonna make zach super super jealous <laughs> yeah because uh the song of lucinda okay I, i'm i'm going to intentionally not look at anything else through any anything else about this it is a oh. all i know is it is a 5e adventure designed for level 10 and it looks like either the mouth of hell or Moria is is what you're about to jump into. So I figured yep. Zach would be super jelly because that looks like Balrog Land mm. or like uh, our Ang Band or something like that. So tell us a little bit about this one and what uh, and what was the uh, inspiration for it? Yeah. So uh, again, this was a stretch goal. On every Kickstarter we do, we do a free adventure that we give out to everyone. So this was written by Erin Bormier. Um, she is awesome. And she did a really good job. This was actually her first publication with mm-hmm. us. And I, I think maybe her first writing gig. And she did pretty good. So the, long, the song of Lucinda is actually inspired because we got this kind of... What I'm trying to do with the free adventures is we're trying to set up this kind of sort of bigger story to go with mm-hmm. it. And I'm hoping this next mm-hmm. one we're going to unlock the next free adventure and that's going to go on. Because both this, the Queen's Face, um, kind of connect, um, which is really good. Um, and the inspiration for this was just kind of 
creating a incredible high level um, and sort of satanic. Like this series in particular has been kind of quite satanic in its um, kind of design. Um, so long, the song of Lucinda, like she was actually created. She was a sorry, Lucinda Angel of Song, who's sort of the big boss in this. Um, was actually created for another Kickstarter. Um, I'm trying to think of which one she actually came for. I think it was for the GM's Toolkit. And I was like, this is such a good creature. I don't just want to leave it, you know, unutilized. So right. we came up with the premise, put these maps together, and then kind of just went from there. Um, I, just gave, I just gave Erin the talking points, and she kind of just, you know, went with it. And, and she created this really cool adventure. And yeah, we didn't really have anything that was kind of level 10. So I was like, you know, we need something. Yeah, I like the idea that you like for for those that don't listen to the show or watch the show on the regular. One of the things that we're big proponents of that we, we constantly promote and we we want to see out of publishers, Wizards of the Coast or anybody else like that. is when you have a new product like that, a Kickstarter or anything, the having is even if it's a if it's a a stretch goal. I like the idea of it being a stretch goal too. An adventure going along with it. Yes. Is like here, like look, everything else that you've seen so far is the blueprint. Here's p- practical application for all yeah. of the stuff that we told you is really awesome about this product. Here is the actual, here's how to actually do it like that. And then it's like uh, in Boy Scouts, my kid's a Boy Scout. We do what's called the edge method. It's educate, demonstrate, guide, and enable. Right. Yeah. So educating is here's how you do it. Guiding. This is the guiding part. Right. Like everything that I taught you, Padawan, this is how you make that apply. I really mm-hmm. like that. It's a, sm- it's a smart angle to get anybody excited, especially about new systems and new mm. settings. Right. Yeah. yeah. A lot of them can be really high level concepts that you can get lost in. Um, but like a, a down, like a boot, or like what is it? Like a trench level view of how yeah. to actually apply all that stuff. It's really, really important to get your point across. Yeah. Well, we did this with, uh, sorry, sorry, real quick. Um, we did this with caravans where we had the intro adventure to demonstrate, you know, how you can do it. And as a stretch goal, we did a full trilogy, uh, which is the no. Genesis of Rage trilogy. That's really cool. I think you were to say something. I feel like in this day and age, especially you have to give that, at least sample adventure you that has to be there just because a lot of people don't have time Mm, and you know you could be the smartest person in the room you could have been in role-playing games and playing and dming for decades but it never hurts to have that you know here's here's the setting here's the system here's all this stuff here's how it runs because that way it locks it in. It gives you something to sink your teeth in. You, it helps you understand it all even even deeper. And allows you to run it better than what you could if you just get the setting. Yeah, I think that's one of the reasons why I love box sets so much. Yeah, well, mm-hmm. I mean, like, the, I think one of the big reasons why I kind of stuck with 5e, because, like, we did the Dragon Meat which is a convention. It was all right, but it's mainly designed towards uh, a free, a free E kind of audience and like older editions, which is fair enough. And there's nothing wrong with that. Everyone's allowed to enjoy what they do. But yeah. I think with 5e, it's modern people. So many people are getting into it now. And especially like mm-hmm. with Vox Machina coming out on um, Prime, which I need to watch. It looks really cool. 
um, and the sort of success of shows like Critical Role. There's so many new people coming in. We want to make everything that we do accessible to new and existing players. We want, we want people to kind of have a reason. And Caravans was like, you know, sort of trying to do that. Like from the get-go, it was like, there's an intro adventure show you what to do. You know, everything's out nice and simple. And we're trying to make it as easy to absorb as possible. I love it. All right. Well, so we, we got the history now. Uh, so there you have a, a project that's coming up pretty soon. Yeah. Um, we, we've got it like a, the, the launch notif- of the, uh, excuse me, the notify me on launch button is, is out there. But I mean, Zealots of Anguish, it is a tabletop RPG trilogy and class. Class? Like as in like lessons? Brand new. Brand new. No, no, no. Brand new class. Oh, and, like, like a, a new, new class. class like a new, new player yeah. class. Um, right. oh, okay, so I gotcha. This is a class, I believe we call it the Anguish Mage. Um, so the idea for Zelts of Anguish is this. So imagine when you go to sleep, um, you travel into a land beyond sort of your comprehension. Uh, and this is called the Sphere of Anguish. This is a place that protects you during sleep, um, but also kind of siphons energy from those dreams. So whether it be nightmares, whether it be sort of, you know, dreams of joy, uh, it sort of funnels that and uses that energy to protect you. But there are particular people that can, you know, as they say, sleepwalk. And they can sleep uh, across this realm. And that gives them a whole new collection of magic um, that they can use. So it's uh, essentially it's a partial caster. Um, but they one of the big things that we've done with this, we wanted to kind of redesign uh, a mage class in a way that where I could... I wanted to take all the things that... As for someone who's not very experienced in spellcasting, all the things that I kind of don't like and do like about it. So with an anguish mage... They cannot use any other normal magic. They can only use the set of 100 spells that we've given them. Um, they also have a different version of requirements to use spells. So rather than like, you know, needing a diamond for like, you know, X, Y, and Z, they have sort of different costs. So we're still working on those at the moment. But like, for instance, it would be like, you know, uh, the, the breath of a dying man or, you know, um, a strong emotion. They would need to willingly sacrifice those from sort of, you know, themselves or another person. And, you know, we kind of wanted to make it more of a role-playing kind of experience as opposed to just a nitty-gritty, you know, getting all the pieces, which is fun. But there's still legwork to do for, for them to get some of those components. If they want to kind of play like that infamous route of absorbing life from civilians or, you know, sacrificing their own power to yeah. be good. I like that. I love the idea. You need the breath of a dying man. I, I <laughs> love, I love that kind of those kind of spell components because that's one of the things I think in in D and D, five E specifically, that is kind of a little to me lackluster is that spell component system. It, hmm. Yes, you you might need a fifty thousand gold piece diamond, but it's still How, a, who's going to get that? Yeah, like... who's, who's going to get it? But it's out there. It's a thing. You know, you can get that. It's a thing, but I think as a as a GM, like for me to note down, like if say I've got just one spellcaster, if they want to go into like this kind of thing, I don't know what spells they're going to pick, what loot I should give them. Like I could give them all this stuff and have to keep tab of all these bits. And I, as a GM, I was just kind of like, we're just going to ignore what you need. Like you just, if you can cast a spell, you can cast a spell. Um, but like you know, it just because. We, 
we want to focus and we want to get through things and do things. Like obviously yeah. some spells, if they're like crazy, then it's like, you're going to need something. And we'd kind of have that conversation. But I think yes. with this, like the breath of a dying man, like the idea with the, the anguish mage is that there are some out there that obviously kind of living for good. And there's some that are living for themselves and they very much give the name of zealots to, you know, all these names kind of have definitions and we're using those in the story. No, I love the idea of taking saying it's an it's an anguish mage. How do you make it that good, right? So, like mm-hmm. one of the things, like necromancer. Yeah. What? Why not a white necromancer? Right. The, yeah. the white necromancer is the necromancer that like I that's, I had a buddy of mine that, that created a class uh, and published it a while back, and it was a bargain. He, the, the white necromancer would go to a graveyard and they would they would dig up the grave of criminals, and they would make a bargain with their souls and say. You know, like you're bound for hell or you're currently in hell and, and you're in misery. But what I can do is I can I can redeem you through mm-hmm. the actions that you take in death that you should have taken in life to, you know, whatever the whatever, um, whatever, uh, like next life that they were supposed to have gone into, whatever heaven should have been for them. They can they can still uh, uh, atone for past. That's really sins. Cool. I like that. That's kind right? of what um, I want to do with sort of the anguish mage is the idea because like with that even though it's like you're kind of this really cool redeeming idea um it's still you know resurrecting and bringing things back to life and messing with the order of life you're still very much taking steps in places that people are like you shouldn't um Mm -hmm. which is really cool with like you know like with the anguish mages that they do a similar thing like the one place you feel safe is in your in your dreams what if you Mm -hmm. learned that that was a physical place and that there are people that could go in and like siphon the energy from your dreams um right. like there's a cool little story that i started writing uh, about a village and this is one of the reasons why the anguish mages are hunted down by the mind society which is a group that exists to sort of almost try to lobotomize people that have this ability and then there's another extreme group that just want to outright destroy the sphere of uh, of anguish and completely eliminate these mages and their connection to this realm um and it's basically a little village with this girl who has who is an anguish mage but doesn't realize it and she keeps having these night terrors and seeing this door uh, and the mother's like you know don't worry about it you're just you're scared and eventually she decides to face her fears and open the door not realizing that she actually physically opens the door and lets mm. demons from this realm into her land um mm. and then kind of i like to have a moral situation so a party does come to solve the situation but because the demons are so many and so strong there's kind of this sort of cliffhanger of like, you know, people don't really talk about it. Um, and these heroes kind of did something that they, they regret. Mm, I like it. I like it. Okay. So let me, let's, let's do this while we, while we wrap up, cause we we're button up against our, our time. Um, okay. So obviously keeping up with the Kickstarter and wanting to be a, like, ready to rock and roll as soon as it becomes uh, available for when it comes, when it goes to launch. Do you have any idea when your launch date, is, what you're looking at for a launch date yet so that we can publish that out to everybody out now? Or yeah, so it'll be this, this Thursday. Awesome. Oh, okay. Wow. So really, really soon. Go. Fantastic. Yeah, We've already been well, promoting um, and sort of pushing out there. And yeah, we're going to launch. We was, to be fair, it was luck that we, we were even sitting here right now because we was going to do it for January, but I decided mm. to kind of postpone it um, a little while and uh, do it for the start of February. And, you know, here we are. That's great. Well, so then oh, outside cool. of the Kickstarter campaign, how else can we, for Dead Channel Studios, how can we reach out to you or how can only the viewers or listeners out there keep up with the work that you're, you've done 
and the work that you're continuing to do. So one of the really good ways is that you can just go straight to our website at deadchannelstudios.com, sign up to the main list. You'll get uh, some free stuff there, uh, and you'll get updates whenever we launch major projects. But definitely go check us out on Twitter at DCSRPG. Um, you can go to our Facebook, which is all on our website. Um, and obviously the best place is to go check us out on Kickstarter and follow us on there because you'll be alerted as soon as any new projects go live. Um, and that's always probably the most exciting time. But if you want to get a step ahead, like I said, check out those other links, go to our website, um, and also feel free to check out our store. All the stuff that we've done so far is available to order. So that's a good place to, uh, to check out all our existing work. That's awesome. Very cool. Troy, did I miss anything? Uh, I don't think so, but I, I do have a, a very important question for Lewis. I want to I want to go back a little, you know earlier in in the, in the interview here. How do you feel about proxies on the table for Warhammer? Oh my God, are we about to fight? Um, so <laughs> for someone who was getting into it and kind of really wanted to get into sort of that cool stuff, so uh, a friend of mine was nice enough to lend me some stuff. Now, if you if you've got a good eye, you'll notice why this isn't this could this could start an argument. Um, this is painted for Space Marines, yes. But the logos and everything on it are actually for a Chaos Army. Um, okay. So I think at the end of the day, you're there to have fun, um, and not everyone has the ability or even the money because I have you know twenty thousand dollars of credit card debt uh, thanks to this new hobby. But not everyone has the money and the ability to, you know, get into this as much. Like, honestly, God, like, um, let me, I'll give you a slight glimpse. So as you can see back here, this is literally all Warhammer models. That's a large bottle of moisturizer, uh, like beard moisturizer. Um, so that just shows you how many are there. Yeah. This is all my terrain stuff. And then this is currently my paint station. Uh, right. And there are several minis all there alongside with a strike force and a dominion age of sigma pack so i have a uh, a full-on shame pile growing um shame pile shame so pile. i definitely I think, love that <laughs> i think it's within reason i think you know at the end of the day you're there to have fun um and yeah i mean i mean why not i'm happy for it as long as it's you know you're not using something stupid like as long as it makes sense you know because i even though you're, you're not obviously actually there in a war, I like to kind of keep that sense of immersion. And if you're using an elephant to be a tank, then no. Right. <laughs> I, I, I was just, I was curious. Uh, I have, I, I do 3d. Well, we both do 3d printing mm. and this, you know, I, I'm not yet into 40 K or, yeah. or age of Sigmar, but I've seen a lot of videos where, you know, it, it kind of it, you, you get the stance on both sides. You know, yeah, no I think, proxies. I think you know, you need to have some that are actual models. You know, if right. you're going to use proxy, I think the majority of your stuff like needs to be Warhammer because at the end of the day, there's people that have gone and spent and worked all this time on getting stuff, and it isn't a cheap hobby uh, to it get into. It hobby. is quite expensive. Um, I've been quite lucky and sort of been smart with buying stuff over time. Like, I've been getting into it for months now, which is why I built up such a collection. And obviously Christmas and stuff. Mm -hmm. I'm actually going to Warhammer World here uh, in Nottingham uh, in March. So nice. I'm nice. like dead excited. Right on, right on. That's awesome. Well, very cool. Well, I love it. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Um, yeah, thank you for having me. Back. Yeah, I'm definitely down. We, like I said, we got some super exciting stuff. Um, like 
in the pipe works. Like like I said, our own game. Um, one of the things we did announce was like a, a sort of Incan. Um, uh, oh, I'm brain dead. Like a, a Amazonian sort of inspired uh, survival kind of game. Okay. Um, I'm hoping to do sort of more of a horror-based survival game in the future. And a, a big, big kind of dream that we're looking to do is to create a trading card game um, that very much tries to counter the problem of, you know, first-turn games mm. and mm-hmm. sort of broken decks and having a really sort of strategy back-and-forth game um, that's still incredibly fun and you can do some really cool stuff with. But, you know, allows, like I said, as always, new and existing players to get into something really fun and interesting. So, yeah, future looks awesome. And I'm hoping, like I said, DCS does really well, especially on this next project. I'm I'm super, super excited for it. I'm super hyped. Well, very cool. Thank you again. I am looking forward to the the Zealot of Anguish. Yeah, definitely. I'll be sending you guys over, obviously, PDFs and everything. Um, When we we get it done. So, just remind me, drop me a message, and I'll send you... Uh, what I can. Uh, to be fair, actually, it'll probably be uploaded into the the file that you guys have. Right on. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah, yeah. All your stuff looks absolutely fantastic. I am. I definitely like the idea of that that uh, the toolkit. I will no, be using awesome. that. Like I say, feel free to share uh, with your friends and stuff. Uh, honestly, yeah, just uh, you know, shed love. <laughs> right on. And and for that love, make sure you guys go and back the Kickstarter. You got to share the love back too. So yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. We uh we have early bird specials. So first come first serve. If you want to get a discount on your pledge, um, this is just to kind of entice you know reward those that come first. Thank you. Yep, sounds good. All right on, Lewis. All right. Well then, uh, for from all of us here at Geeks Can't to all of you out there, um, thanks for joining us. We hope to hear from you uh, soon, and uh, we'll catch you next time. Troy, why don't you take us out? Have a great game, everybody, and. Uh... Don't open that door in your dreams. <laughs> yes. And if you do, be safe. Hit be safe. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. If you like this episode and you want to continue the conversation with us, go ahead and head on over to our Discord. There's a link in the show notes, and you can always shoot us a message on Facebook to get a link there as well. Uh, while you're at it, if you wouldn't mind, give us a like on Facebook. Give us a subscription over here on your podcast feed. Uh, give us a review and some stars while you're at it. That would be awesome. That's the way we get in front of more people. And if you want to watch a live show, we're live almost every Sunday and Tuesday on Twitch and YouTube, and you can find links to all of that right there in the Discord. We'll see you next time.